The Old Testament lesson for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is from Jeremiah, chapter 23. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word, or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy, and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Imagine a doctor who, when you go and have a scan and they look at your body and check something out, you've got some ache, some pain, something in your side that's bugging you, and they, they do a scan and they look at it, and the doctor 
has the slide up in, your, in his office and he sees something growing there in your side. Imagine a doctor who sees that and then turns to you and says, oh, you're going to be just fine. Or a doctor who sees you pale and feverish and sickly and says, oh, it's all going to be okay. You're just, you're, just, uh, you're just going through a little bit of a rough patch. You're just fine. Or imagine a mechanic. You take your car to the mechanic because that low oil light is flashing at you and the mechanic takes the dipstick out and looks at how much oil. You all know how to do this yourselves. But imagine you took it to the mechanic and he checks the dipstick and it's almost out of oil and he says to you, oh, that's fine. You'll be fine. You can keep driving for another 5,000 miles before anything bad will happen to you. Imagine a mechanic who saw what was wrong with your car and didn't tell you, didn't warn you. Just let you keep driving straight into disaster. Imagine a doctor or a mechanic who refused to do their job in that way. That's what the false prophets are like. They are people who ought to speak God's word if they're going to speak anything at all. They claim to speak on behalf of God. But what they say, what they say completely contradicts reality. They refuse to warn when a warning needs to be given. Now I think for the sake of clarity, it's often hard to picture what exactly Jeremiah or Jesus are talking about when they talk about false prophets. Usually we imagine something like John the Baptist out in the wilderness wearing camel's hair and being kind of eccentric. We imagine that kind of a person as a prophet. But really you should know that now, in our day especially, anyone can be a prophet. Anyone can be a prophet in the sense that anyone can speak to you things that pertain to eternity and right and wrong, things that have to do with God. In fact, that is what our world is very concerned with. Anytime the media tells you what is right or wrong, what you should or shouldn't do, they're speaking on behalf of God or claiming to do so. Anytime your family or your friends offer you advice or counsel in your life about the most important things they are claiming, at least in some sense, to speak on behalf of God because they're talking about things that matter to God. And so really, anyone could be a prophet. You have to watch out. Anyone could be speaking words to you that are deceptive, so you have to watch out. And here's how you watch out. Jeremiah tells us, really, what are the main characteristics of false prophets, the kind of lies that they tell. He begins with this. They speak to you vain hopes. You can hear this all over the place in our world. If only we could get this one thing right, if only we could fix this one problem, if only we could sort out education or the climate, if only we had more money, if only my health was better, then everything would be just fine. Vain hopes. Those are hopes that will be dashed because they hope in something temporary, something far too little. Listen, in the world around you for all of the vain hopes. When people become sort of existentially enthusiastic about things in this world, things that will fade away, you know. You know they are spouting vain hopes. Watch out. They're empty. And they will put you to shame. They will disappoint in the end. Here's another thing that the false prophets say. To those who despise God's word, they say, it shall be well with you. Like the mechanic who sees 
how little oil you have in your engine, they say, it'll be just fine with you in spite of the fact that you hate God's word, that you hear it and reject it. The world loves to say this. Look, God is a little bit too much of a stickler about some things. You can kind of just forget what he's saying. Set that aside. That's antiquated. That's too traditional. That's just conservatism. Just put it away. Look, we've moved on past the Bible. We've moved on past God's word. In fact, everyone can talk to God in your own heart. You don't need the Bible to teach you anything. It'll be just fine for you. If you kind of paint your own picture in your own mind of who God is and listen to him, it'll be just fine with you. Those who despise God's word receive this message from the false prophets. It'll be okay. There's all kinds of ways that you can despise God's word, so you should watch out for this as well. It's not just when you hear God's word and reject it, but it can even be just sort of neglecting God's word. God's word, which in our day is so readily available, so abundant, each of you should have a Bible in your home, at least one. If you do not, let me know. I'll give you one. You can have God's word whenever you want it. Every week here, God's word is preached. Throughout the week, God's word is available here. Every day, you have God's word written on the page for you. Do you set it aside for other things? Do you let it go for other words, other pleasures in life? The false prophets say to those who do that, to those who neglect God's word, they say, it'll be okay. You can get to it later. It'll be okay. Those words really aren't so important. You already know the basics. You don't really need to devote yourself to God's word. That is how people love to despise God's word, and the false prophets are ready to go, saying it's okay, it's going to be just fine. The same way that they speak to those who stubbornly follow their own hearts. This is the third characteristic of the false prophets. To those who stubbornly follow their own hearts, the false prophets say, no disaster shall come upon you. Look, you should follow your heart. Isn't that the message of our world? It's the message, frankly, of every Disney movie there ever was. You should follow your own heart. Stubbornly, in fact, when your parents tell you not to follow your heart, you should set them aside and go your own way. That's the theme of our world. Follow your heart. No disaster will come upon you. What a lie it is, though, because Jesus tells us, and you know what comes out of human hearts, all kinds of wickedness and deceit, and selfishness, and death. And unless we're given new hearts by Jesus, our hearts are worthless and not to be followed. And yet, the false prophets say, look, if it makes you happy, if it feels good, if it seems right to you, then go ahead. No disaster will come upon you. Maybe in your life you can imagine the kinds of voices that say these things. Sometimes they're blatant. Sometimes they're out loud like peer pressure from friends trying to get you to do something that you shouldn't do. Sometimes it's more subtle, just sort of the drone of the messaging that we have in our world about what is good and what is bad. But worst of all, it's when it comes from within your own heart. When your conscience tells you one thing, what you should or should not do, and your heart says, yeah, but I'd really rather have it another way. It'll be just fine. Look, God has forgiven me to this point. What's going to stop him from forgiving me again? I've never been struck by lightning. I can just carry on. I don't have anything to worry about. Those are all the words of the false prophets. And Jesus and Jeremiah, and in fact, the whole Bible wants you to watch out. Watch out. 
Now, it's helpful to know why the false prophets are so busy with these kinds of lies. It would be one thing if they were just trying to overturn what is right and wrong. And there is some delight in that. This is what God says to the prophet Isaiah. He says, the world delights in calling evil good and good evil. Getting things turned upside down. The world loves that. But why? Why is that so precious to the world? It's not just simple, sinful desire. But think about what Satan wants more than anything. Satan wants to see you harmed and separated from God. And so the more that he can get false prophets in your lives to tell you that everything's going to be just fine if you don't repent, that everything's going to be just fine if you don't listen to God, the closer he gets you to that moment that he had Eve in the Garden of Eden, where she was looking at that fruit and the serpent was sitting there sneering at her, saying, what did God say about that? Did he really say, in the day that you eat of it, you'll die? Certainly not. You will not surely die. In fact, the devil said, you'll be wise like God. That's what God wants to do. He wants to keep you dumb. He wants to keep you low and inferior. Don't you want to be like God? This is what the devil is after through false prophecy. It's not just about overturning morality in our world. It's about separating you from God. He wants to draw you straight to hell, and that is why he is so busy why our world is so full of false words, false prophecy, and why it is essential, absolutely essential, that you pay attention, that you have your ears tuned all the time. Look, there are no breaks in the life of a Christian. There's no moment in this life, in this sinful world, in this sinful flesh, there's no moment when you don't need God's word, when you don't need the truth. When you can indulge a lie, not a single moment of that can be allowed because your eternal salvation depends on it. And so listen carefully. Now thankfully, Jesus tells us that it is not hard to tell who the false prophets are. He says you can tell them by their fruit. Just imagine a doctor or a mechanic who regularly covers up bad diagnoses. No, I won't tell you about that tumor growing in your abdomen. No, I won't tell you about that low oil in your oil reserves. What would happen quickly? There'd be a whole pile of cars crashed right outside the mechanic's office. There'd be a whole bunch of dead patients because the doctor had not done what his job was. Watch out for the false prophets who mislead people with lies. Don't listen to people or voices who lead others into sin. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to people or voices who kind of hedge on God's word, who adjust it to make it more comfortable. Don't listen to people who in their own lives are not imitating Christ. You can tell by the fruit what kind of a tree it is. You cannot produce good fruit from a bad tree, nor can you produce bad fruit from a good tree, so watch and pay attention. And Jesus seems to think you can do it. This is a glorious thing. He has given you everything that you need. You can pay attention and you can listen because he has given you his word. He's given you the whole counsel of God from beginning to end. You can see the love of God in the life of Jesus for you, his sacrifice for you. And this is the ultimate test of the fruit of a prophet. When Jeremiah spoke the truth, the word that God had given to him, do you know what happened to him? 
He was thrown into a pit. He suffered for the sake of God's word. The false prophets, they love speaking these false prophecies because it makes their lives very comfortable. And that, in fact, is why false prophecy is so popular. Why falsehoods about God's word are so popular because it makes everything comfy. No one has to suffer. No one has to feel bad about anything. But the true prophets, the true prophets know that God's word is worth suffering for. The true prophets are like Jesus, willing to lay down their lives for the salvation of God's people. And that really narrows the field. And I know it to be true. There are so many words out there, so many voices out there, and we would love it if we could hear God's truth everywhere. But really, you cannot. Instead, you must pay attention. Pay attention. And hear me well now. These things need to be said painfully clearly. If you despise God's word, it will not be well with you. If you neglect God's word, if you don't listen to his commands, if you have more time for other things, if your hearts are set on false promises, it will not be well with you. If you stubbornly follow your own heart, choosing sin instead of righteousness, doing what you know is wrong when you know better, if you stubbornly choose the way that seems good to you, disaster will come upon you. God has threatened it, and he never breaks his word. That's the truth. Do not do those things. Do not despise God's word. Do not stubbornly follow your own hearts. Don't believe these vain hopes. Listen to what Jesus says. Not everyone who comes to him in the end saying, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Even if you've got this long list of credentials, we cast out demons in your name, and we did mighty works in your name, and we went to church all the time, and we gave our offerings, and we said our prayers, and we loved our friends and our family. Not everyone who says that will enter the kingdom of heaven. Instead, what matters is this. That you fear God's wrath and turn away from your sin and trust in Jesus. That you receive from him forgiveness and everlasting life. And you don't look anywhere else for blessing. But you look to him alone. That's the truth. That's what God's word says clearly. That's what we ought to be busy with now and always in this church and in our lives as Christians striving again and again, clearly to speak God's word in our own homes and to one another. It matters because the attacks of the false prophets are not primarily an attack on simply what's good or bad, what's right and wrong, what's true and false, but they're an attack on God's love. The world would rob you of God's love. The devil, this is his primary objective, to take God's love away from you. Imagine, think about that story in the Old Testament where The people were bitten by fiery serpents because they had grumbled against God. There they were wandering in the wilderness and they complained about not having enough food, not having enough water, and so God sent fiery serpents to bite them. And it made them sick and it killed them. But God gave them a way out. He told Moses to make a bronze image of a serpent and to put it on a pole. And he said anyone who looks at that bronze serpent, after they've been bitten by one of those fiery serpents, that person will be saved. Imagine. Imagine what kind of a sinister and wicked and evil person it would be to say after someone who's been bitten by a serpent, oh, no, no, you're going to be just fine. Don't bother looking at that bronze serpent. You'll be okay. You'll pull through this. You'll get out of this. Imagine what wickedness that is to deprive somebody of life. That's what the devil is after. It's God's love that he's trying to rob you of. And when the warnings come, 
when it's painfully clear the sin in your lives and it's time to repent, know that it is for the sake of God's love for you that his word has come to you. When the truth comes, it comes to you in order to set you free. This is what Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is what God wants to give to you. That is worth holding on to for dear life. It's freedom from sin and death, freedom from lies, freedom from vanity, freedom to live as a child of God, to be glorified with Jesus. This is what Jesus says to his people in the Old Testament through the prophet Ezekiel. He says, I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, declares the Lord. That's painful. I will judge you. Repent and turn from all your transgressions. Do not despise the word of God. Do not stubbornly follow your own hearts. Do not put your hopes in vain things. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all transgressions that you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit, just what he wants to give to you. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Why will you die, O people of God? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. I have no pleasure in the death of anyone. That's what the false prophets are working against, the good pleasure of God, whose delight is to save, whose delight is to forgive, whose delight is to pour out blessings in abundance. And so, listen carefully, tune your ears to the voice of your shepherd. Now and evermore, listen more and more carefully. Spend more time, dig deeper, read more thoroughly. God's word is full of treasures for you, and God would have you live. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen. <laughs>